0: Hey y'all, I'm Taylor DeHaze. I'm obsessed with all things business and fitness. I left my career as a TV reporter, followed my dreams and created a seven figure online coaching business in just two years. Now I'm sharing my proven strategies with you. Oh, and we'll keep it real, discussing mindset, money and hardship to help you build the life of your dreams. Grab a cup of coffee and get cozy. Welcome to the Taylor DeHaze podcast. I'm so glad you're here maybe you saw my stories, my Instagram or anything when it came to the mastermind retreat that I hosted in Dallas for my clients in December, it was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, truly 10 out of 10, I could not have asked for a better, a better turnout. And, uh, my clients absolutely loved it. Right. There were some, there were some tears, there were some laughs, uh, there were some matching tattoos even. Um, and with that being said, I wanted to really give you guys a a little taste of what, what it was like. Right. And so I decided to share a really, really powerful section of that retreat with you. And the one section, the one piece of the two day event that really just got the most attraction and the most hype was this speaker panel that I hosted. Right. And I wanted to get all the speakers on one stage together and really ask some very challenging questions that I knew not only my clients had, but questions that I knew would come up as they continue to scale their business. Right. Because, um, this mastermind is for my established coaches looking to scale to seven figures. And you know, there's so long road, right? There's a lot of, of bumps in the roads and, um, it's, it's not easy. And so getting these speakers on stage that have all, you know, walked the walk and are still walking the walk to share their experiences and their trials and tribulations with my clients. And now with you, um, which is so incredibly powerful. And there was no topic that we didn't cover, right? We're not just diving into business strategy. Okay. Honestly, that's really not what this one's going to be about necessarily, right? It's more about just, um, you know, handling relationships that are are toxic for you, right? Surrounding yourself with the right, uh, strategies, the right people, the right structure to scale what it actually takes, right? What, what resiliency and, and grit level does it actually take? What's the hustle? What's the grind like on the road to seven figures, you know, what can you expect, right? And, and not only that, but just what should you do next? You know, on on your path to seven figures or wherever you're at in your business, right? As you're continuing to scale upward, you know, it it's not it's not linear, right? And so it was great to hear perspectives from so many amazing speakers. And so I'm gonna introduce them to you. So The first person that I'm going to introduce is Tamasha Suber. So she is a strategic partner for CEOs and leadership uh, coach for women-led based service businesses. She helps women navigate leadership business, womanhood simultaneously without sacrificing, right? Uh, Vince Pitstick, he opened Nutrition Dynamics in 2012. Uh, This is one of the biggest coaching companies in the world, if not the biggest at this point. Um, And and they dive into all areas of nutrition from top of the line sports performance programming to disease management programs. And his goal is really to impact world health. he is changing the game in, in that realm, right? Then I've got Steve Smarage. He actually owned and ran his own lifestyle coaching company, and he made 3 million in 18 months. He is kind of a sales guru, okay? He works full-time as a sales coach right now. Uh, and Sierra Lewick, she is the Facebook queen. She has helped over 300 businesses build their audiences and groups on Facebook, resulting in consistent and predictable five to seven figure months. And again, with smaller audiences, right? This is all organic, um, and so I love that. So we've got a lot of different backgrounds in this panel, and I know you're going to absolutely love it. um So let me know what you enjoy, and I can't wait for you to dive in. So without further ado, let's get going. <laughs> oh, I yeah, yeah it's push-ups. really like oh. <laughs> yeah. no, we we're over Ben. Look over at my that. girl
1: getting the content.
0: <laughs> <laughs> love this. Movie. All right, y'all ready to party? Let's do this. So I wanted to have all of these speakers on stage. I wanted to ask a few questions that I think you might have um, and give you some perspectives, just from various business owners uh, that have been extremely successful. Um, so yeah, let's dive in, right? Uh, now we've got Steve on stage. Who's Steve? <laughs> so yeah, Steve, Steve flew in this morning. I was actually very stressed uh, if he would make it in time. For his chat, no one knew that. I've been walking around talking to y'all, like, oh my god, y'all see I'm nervous. Um, but Steve really? made it in time, so we're good. So Steve built a fitness coaching company, just like what you guys are doing. He made three million in eighteen months, yeah. Yeah. and uh, yeah. which is why, which is, which is why he's talking about sales later, right? Uh, he works for Cole Gordon's team, and if you don't know who Cole, Cole Gordon is, he works with you know eight-figure business owners and helps them build their sales team. So look him up really fast if you don't know that. So we'll be talking to Steve after this, but I wanted to say, who is this man on stage? That is who this is. So uh, you know everyone else, right? So let's go ahead and dive on in. The first question I wanna ask is actually for you Vince. Mm. Um, what are the expectations that you have for your business just in the next year?
2: So, well, for the network, the network the total generated, we hope within within one more year to be at, at 50 million. Right, uh, we're, we've got plans, big plans on expansion for, for every organization. But I think for, nutri- for nutrition, dynamic, <clears throat> Will can <clears throat> help out. Uh, no, uh, we um, our plans is we're we're adding a full, full therapy programs, coach therapists. That then, so when you come in, it's medical team, it's coaching, it's 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 group therapy, it's community, and it's all in one. Uh, and we plan on having that next year at, at twenty million. Amazing. Yeah. Woo, that's good. That's nice idea. Do you ever plan on
3: adding life coaches,
2: or just therapists? Um, so, life coaching is something that we kind of plan and build in, and then the, we teach the life coaches to at least run our base functional system. Because we've made, like, that's what we teach in my university. All the complexities, that people talk about hormones, gut, all, all the stuff, and you're like, oh, I gotta learn all these things. You don't. There's a system that is clinically proven to solve 88% of cases without labs, in like 12 or in 3 to 4 months. And that we can teach to any coach, like a lifestyle coach or whatever. And so as long as they can apply that process while they're while they're serving their modality, now you're hitting it from, from two different directions. And so that's how we so we have a lot of different coaches that are our, our, our company, but we give them the 4F process. So if you're like an energy healer, we give you st- you're still working the 4F process and you're doing energy healing. Whether you're like your breathing techniques or whatever your mind therapy is, you're still providing this other service, right? Because we don't want you coming in with just one thing. And then you've got the medical oversight if we need whatever it is, and then they still need community healing. So we built our full community program, and that's what we we're thinking is our, our long, the long-term goal.
0: Steve, question for you. So, 3 million in 18 months is a pretty major flex. Congratulations again, I know you've heard it a million times, but what would you say your main sales strategy was in the first six months?
4: Uh, diehard enthusiasm. Like I just I just got excited that I would enroll people and they'd be like, What the hell did I just buy? And it was literally because I just felt so good about like, if you just slept and drank water, your life will change. And uh <laughs> 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 oh <my God>. <laughs> And, and so the uh, the sales strategy that I had was honestly just like, I just got myself like really fired up. And anybody who didn't buy, this is a little bit morbid, but anybody who didn't buy, I was like, I had this list of all of their names and it was like, I was so hell-bent on this mission of like curing chronic illness. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make a difference. And uh, anybody who got onto a sales call with me and then didn't buy, I put their name on a list, I still have the list. And it was like people who were probably gonna die from chronic illness because I didn't help them.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, no, I gotta back him up. So, I, same thing.
4: Back him up. And then that list. My goal was just to make that list as short as I possibly could. And so like that, like to me, it was like that level of enthusiasm was really, you know, what it took, honestly. Yeah.
0: Awesome, cool, um, that.
4: That's the least amount of work. Like my presentation's good. you You guys are gonna get floored
0: (laughs) I wanna ask Tamasha how do you continuously show up as a leader for not only yourself but your team when life just gets chaotic and hectic
1: I mean that's life if you breathe shit's gonna go crazy I just you know I don't believe right that life is just gonna be always glitz and glam and good you know what I mean life will life and there's nothing that says that hard and happiness can't coexist. Shit's real hard in my business right now, and I'm happy as fuck. <laughs> you
5: know
1: what I mean? Like, it's the end of the year. We're making all these plans for next year. I got clients acting crazy because it's the end of the year. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you got all these contractors that want to try to double their rates and just go crazy. You know what I mean? And so, like, I'm here, I'm running off of four hours of sleep because I can't deal with the city noise. Like right now, things feel really hard. But I'm happy to be here with you. So that's a big part of like showing up every day. It's just understanding that there is no requirement or promise that shit's gonna feel good. And it's not about me feeling good, it's about me doing good. And as long as you focus on that, you'll be fine.
0: I think I said this to jo last night. She asked me that question. <laughs> um, Sierra, this one's for you. How have you learned, and I've, I've you know, even though you're Reels, you're not so happy with them on your Instagram, but I've looked at them, right? <laughs> um, I wanna know how you've learned to really control your thoughts when you spend time uh, just for yourself, like in the evenings, right? Like When, you know, family's gone to bed, you're sitting at head home alone or laying in bed, right? Like all these thoughts come in, they're very intrusive, and, and it doesn't matter what level you're at in your business, we all have them. How have you learned how to control those thoughts? the energy you put into them
6: um, so i actually two years ago i had an accountability partner who convinced me that i should try meditation and i was just like oh my god okay fine and so i tried meditation and um i just use like the headspace app and in that app it actually had me to calm and still my mind it's like we take all these stimulants all the time that are just constantly making our minds race and it's like once you can just be comfortable and sit with yourself it, it It's something that most of us are just too afraid to face. And so um, it's like at night when you lie down, even if you're married or not, or you're sleeping next to somebody, it doesn't matter, you know, whatever (laughs) it is. If you're sleeping next to somebody and you're laying in bed at night, they're next to you, but you're still alone in your thoughts. We're on the stage right now, and every single one of us is alone in our thoughts. And this is a very, like, it feels very lonely a lot of the time. And so it's like, you have to, you have to be willing to bring awareness to why you're feeling certain things to all of that. And so like meditation helped me to just still my mind and focus on what was, what was feelings because our mind is not who we are. And your mind is going to be racing all the time because of experiences. It's just like, it's like mental programming or whatever. It's like a computer. And so it's like the computer has all this data all the time. Your mind has all this data all the time that is just processing for you. and It's just kind of on autopilot and we're not actually in control of it. Most people think that they're thinking but you're not actually thinking. Your mind is just running. And that's not the same thing. And so if you can take that time to bring awareness to why you're thinking those thoughts, why is that important to you, why is that coming up and just be okay with it and learn to love yourself where there's nobody else like it's just absolutely life-changing so when you lay your head down on that pillow at night you're the only one in your thoughts and you have to sit with that and it's like at the end of the day are you proud of what you did that day Mm. and it's like I, i heard in youth group when i was a kid my youth leader said um you know if you're talking about what you did yesterday it means you haven't done anything today it's like you have to find that daily gratitude you have to find the daily things that make you happy and it's like maybe that's a maybe that's a cup of coffee it could be something that small it could be just going for a walk outside all of that and um i i don't want to just like run over um but i used to i struggled with depression and it was like a chemical depression and so chemical depression it's like it doesn't matter what you love it doesn't matter what you like um all of that it's like when you're chemically depressed like you don't want any of it None of it feels good, and I, I had to make it through that, and I had to recognize, so I, I do this little thing at the beginning of the day. I know you said end of day, but at the beginning of the day, I'll do this check, and I'm like, okay, did I work out today? Did I drink water? Did I take my supplements? Did I, you know, um, first thing in the day, like, I actually take this supplement called Brewer's. I used to have been taking it for, like, 16 years, something like that. And it's like, it's one of those supplements that just helps me regulate and control my hormones because I I think I'm one of those people that doesn't have great B vitamins. I don't know, I really want to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know, you were saying all your stuff. I was like, sold. Um, but, But it's like, I go through that check of my physical state because a lot of, did I get enough sleep? You know, it's like, we don't think about these things and it's like, we're having a bad day and we're like, the whole world's gonna fall apart. And um, it's like, okay, you didn't get enough sleep, you didn't work out, you ate some shit food today, um, you didn't drink your water, and you didn't, like you didn't, um, I don't know, whatever else I said earlier. But it's like, you didn't do all those things, and you're like, well, this is just how all my days are? No, it's just this one day. It's like, start over again tomorrow. Um, I really love this. My husband actually helped me with this a long time ago, but it's like, if you have a bad day, just don't let a day turn into a week. If you have a bad week, don't let a week turn into a month. And if you have a bad month, don't let a month turn into a whole fucking year. Like just start. Just hit the reset button the next day and just be like, cool, this day doesn't count. <laughs> this day's a gimme. This was this was like, okay, we're using our next life tomorrow or whatever if we're doing gaming. I you know, that was for you. That.
1: That. Yeah, go ahead. I, and I just want to like extend on that. Stop being so damn dramatic.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're like business owners. I
0: haven't done that. I mean, some of my clients are say, oh no, I'm answering questions on the weekends. It's like, turn it off. Like you shouldn't be getting those notifications, turn them off. Okay, question for you. A lot of us are ingesting tons of information, whether it's from me, from you, from whoever, right? What is that balance between education and implementation so we don't have that failure to launch
2: yeah. issue? Well, first it's validating your resources. And uh, we take a lot of information in, and I see this a lot with clients and then with coaches. And what I would really encourage you to do is take a really, and this is very hard to do because if you listen to anyone for 15 minutes, it sounds convincing. It could be a doctor or it could be a complete idiot, you know? And a lot of people are in the life cycle of discovering wisdom, and they don't have wisdom yet. All they found is little nuggets of logic that sound good. I can give you one-liners up here all day. I watch this happens every day. It happens in the medical field every day. It happens in coaching every day. You're watching people w- go through what we call the life cycle of like truth into wisdom, where it's like there's a lot of things that you thought were true, and then you played it, that logic out over time, and you found out it wasn't wise. How many times does that happen? Mm-hmm. It sounds good on. Ooh, kick it up. It sounds good on paper. Like I did the thing. It looked right. It looked good on someone else, so I wanted to try it on me, and uh, and it turned out stupid. Right? Yeah. And <clears throat> it can be hard to tell the difference a lot. It's like, you know, this is the same thing when people get p- betrayed when they walk into doctor's practices all the time. Someone sounds really good. They've got a lot of things to say, but did we really stop and think, does this person have my interest, really truly have my interest in mind? Do they have wisdom? Do, do they appear to me as someone who's had enough experience that they've seen both sides of it? Because there's always another side. Yeah. You're gonna hear something and it's like, that's so good. But if they, do they have enough wisdom to understand what they're sharing to me and understand both sides of that and navigate that with me? Let me give you a perfect example. Some of you go into the doctor's office and they're like, listen, you have this disease or this symptom, take this drug. Okay, that's the logic, right? I have a condition, I take a pill. Okay, that's true, but if if the doctor does not provide you a pro-con, it doesn't go, doesn't talk to you a little bit about it, right, they're not, first they're not thinking about you in terms of what you may really want long term of like, if they're not giving you any analysis of it. And they may not have any wisdom to know what, what goes on with this thing long term. So when I'm evaluating something, I'm like, yes, you're, you're clearly, you clearly know, have logic and you might be smart. But are you wise? Because I don't listen to anybody that doesn't have wisdom. Because it's a big difference. Wisdom is logic over time. Like logic will mislead you. As difficult as this sounds, if I can share anything with you, it's so true. Right? And so w- that's where I start. Like, I understand you have this thing, but then I look at everything else they're doing and I try to evaluate. Does this person seem well-rounded? Do, you know what I mean? Do, there are people that are out there that you like for one thing, and when you look at the rest of their life, you're like, hmm, some ad, it's called cognitive dissonance is what I'm saying. Does anybody know what that is? Where your actions and your, what you say are not the same thing? Right? Like you got a guy on stage talking about changing the world, and then he goes home and like hits his wife or something. Right? Like maybe I don't want to listen to that guy. I'm just being honest. Listen This happens every day. Yeah. So, you, you, so I'm trying to evaluate somebody to make sure that they don't have any cognitive dissonance and then that's a person that if I follow their logic through, I'm not going to get left somewhere with like no answers. So yeah. I always start there because if you're just on Google at 2 a.m. trying to figure out your life, like the reality is you've got a lot of people on there that are just like trauma sharing and like they, they're, they're not, mm. they haven't sorted through it yet. Mm. And they've come and to little should, pit stops of truth phase. before you get to wisdom, right? Um, yeah. And so from there. I always, for me, that's why I come back to mentorships and I come back to observing someone who's already done the thing that I want to do, okay? And then some of those paths, while, while you don't have to be completely original in the beginning, nobody is. You don't have an original thought, you're not gonna have an original first step. But you're gonna take wisdom or from a few different mentorships or people that you've seen do it and you're gonna make it your own and then that's how you become. Like you know, your own right. That's how you do it. You you merge different concepts together in a way that makes you have your own identity. So you always kind of follow a path first. That's why I'm really big on that. And I will play that through for three or four months before I say, I'm gonna go find a bunch more information, right? If I, and that's how I do it. And do it in three or four month increments because that that happens a lot. People get analysis paralysis because they try to take everything in all the time. And that's, what, we, what research teaches us about psychology is that more information isn't better, okay? But more of the right information pertaining to where you are at, just like entrepreneurs. She's speaking to you right where you're at right now. Now maybe two years from now, maybe that's not who she's speaking to. Maybe if you're so brand new, maybe she's not speaking to that. She's speaking to you right where you're at right now. That's why all that information makes sense to take all of it. But there's a lot of people that that's not true, right? And so that's, that's how I've found helps me is I'll go in three month sprints of like try, I observe, I under tutelage, I I follow a path that's been walked before, I really sort through it, right? Then I try to enter in more information to try to create a process. If I just try to jump all over the place, it's erratic and that's gonna lead to analysis paralysis, right? Um, Or a bad decision.
0: Cool. Question for you. Uh, When you are working with business owners that maybe have a change of heart or decide they want to pivot in a different direction, How do you decipher between if that is the right path for them, versus if they maybe didn't try something long enough?
1: I ask them, is it a panic or a pivot? (laughs) The first question I ask every single client, they come to me and most of the time they already know I'm gonna ask. Are you panicking because money doesn't look right? Are you panicking because you can't figure out the messaging? Are you panicking because things are not moving as fast as you want? Are you panicking because you kinda sorta feel like an imposter, feel like you're not where you need to be? You know what I mean? Because you can't figure something out. Because you can't problem solve. Most people are pivoting because they don't want to solve the problem. So I really push my clients to become problem solvers. Like I don't want you to be a business owner, right? Most people can't run a business because they can't solve problems. I consider myself to be a professional firefighter. All day I solve
5: problems. (laughs)
1: Clients pay me to solve problems, period. I am the best problem solver ever. You come to me with a problem, you can be, they literally will call me sometimes in tears. It's
0: that Virgo it's, energy.
1: Yeah, well Virgo projector, yeah. you feel me, it's all, it's all of it. Um, but sometimes I have clients call me, you know, and I work with a lot of women. You know, those of you that are like, have babies, I just have all these different things, going, all these hormones. The guys, I don't have to deal with that. So we're talking women today. But most of you are females, you're gonna have moments where you literally it is i think it's the nature in our being to panic because we're thinking about all the things that can go wrong you know what i mean but for me it's like you have to be able to solve problems and so before you think about turning yourself into some other type of coach or switching to some other niche or whatever it is whatever it is you're going to do making this drastic change make sure that you're literally not sitting there mashing the panic button on yourself Because sometimes it's not a pivot. It is a solution to a problem. And if you run away from that, you will find yourself being a habitual pivot. And you will never make the kind of money you want.
0: Thank you. Steve, best advice you would give yourself five years ago?
4: Uh, Grow your hair, you'll be
5: okay.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So. (laughs) Life for it. Honestly for real though, like there's a like I I don't know where you guys are at, like I know like hands up if you're below like twenty K a month, everybody? Okay, awesome. So that's right around where I was like five years ago. And it's like run the business the way that you want to run the business. So it's like I had all these insecurities, whatever the fuck those are, of like whatever insecurity is of like, oh, what if this piece of content doesn't do well? Or what if this doesn't do well? Or what if people don't like me? It's like, dude, just do the business that you want to do. Like you have so few years, like realistically, this is probably not going to be the first, or this is not going to be the only business that you guys ever have during your life, just candidly speaking. And so just enjoy the business that you're building. And so like, that would be the piece of advice Mm. that I would have for myself five years ago is like, you're gonna, you're gonna set these huge goals, but it's like if you don't actually sit there and enjoy the work that you're doing day to day, you're not mm-hmm. gonna, you're not gonna do it. So, like, have less goals and enjoy the process. And I think would be the, the two main takeaways. That's deep. And it's still like, hold true to grow your hair. So true. <laughs> uh,
0: one more to add on for your question. How did you go about building the habits in your sales funnel, so to speak, or like your organic sales process, how did you really build that up?
4: Um, I picked the thing that I didn't want to do the most, and I did that first. So it's like, I just wake up in the morning and I do the hardest thing first. And so for me, I did not want to do email. Like I was like, oh, okay, I got 4,000 people who asked for information, apparently. And so it's like, I should probably make it a habit to email them once a day. And it was like, it was, uh, there was a lot of internal conversations of like, what do I write? What do I? And it's say, like, just do the email. And so <laughs> it's really nice, yeah. so yeah. it's that simple, just write yeah. the email. And so um, the way that I actually built the habits was that like, I give myself a lot of um, positive reinforcement when I do the thing. And I think that's a lot of, like, we need a microscopic amount of positive reinforcement from ourselves. Mm, yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys have like, hold yourselves you're doing a good job lately, but like you're here you very much could be doing nothing like you very much could be doing like drugs and video games (laughs) and instead you're helping people like sure like like, it's just you guys need so little and it's like we look for it externally but it's like if you just like wrote down good job today Steve I'm not kidding like <laughs> like right. literally like give yourself like two two things that you did well in that day and if you really want to like grow give yourself three things that you can
5: do <laughs> so it's like two
4: wins three pins do that for like two years you're always gonna be rewarding yourself for the things you did well and and then you're always gonna be wanting more yeah instead yeah. of yeah. Oh, I'm gonna be a millionaire by the end of the year
1: yeah.
4: And then nine months in, you're like, I don't think we're gonna make it. <laughs>
0: uh,
4: gosh. Anyway, hopefully that was useful. That was yeah. Oh, that was so good. Yes.
0: Like, that was um, nice. How many of you guys show of hands have gotten a voice memo for me on the treadmill? Oh, yeah. Will's like even me. Right. Oh, yeah, first- me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first thing I do in the morning is get in my DMs. Because I don't love doing, and I hate getting my steps in, so it's like two and one, you know. So anyway, okay. Wanted to chime in on that, uh, Sierra. For you, how do you just balance being the best wife, the best mom? I mean, five kids, husband, seventeen years. Um... Eighteen, but
5: oh, sorry. That's okay. Cool. You need your years. You <laughs> year. I mean, it counts. You need, yeah, you need
0: uh, it. Uh, yeah, for sure. How do you just, how do you balance everything and still support your clients and just do it all? Uh, cry.
6: Oh. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but, but realistically, um, it's, we used to study martial arts and there's this one called Aikido and um, in Aikido it's almost like, have you guys ever seen the infinity symbol? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a dance and it's like you're doing a flow and it's like sometimes like there's seasons for everything and it's like sometimes it's a push season. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's a season of rest yeah. mm-hmm. and so sometimes you see your family all the time sometimes you don't see your family at all and um you just have to know and pay attention to and bring awareness to those seasons mm-hmm. and then um like on a day-to-day basis because my kids uh, like i have a 16 year old she literally could move out in two years and do whatever the fuck she wants and i'm like Ugh. and so it's like i just make sure that i'm like coming over to her and she's having a bad day and she doesn't want me to touch her and I still hug the shit out of her and tell her I love her, you know? And it's like, I just try to, little things like that, I just try to hug each one of them every single day. With my husband, uh, we do date night every week and now we're talking about, um, we're talking about like once a month, like doing a small trip where it's just the two of us and we just get to sit down and like, I love business. And thank God he does, too, because he likes to talk about it with me. And so, like, we'll go and just talk business. And we've been doing that this weekend. and It's just been amazing. And I was like, we need this every month. And so um, just, like, you make time for what's important. I don't know if you guys follow some guy named Alex Ramosi or something. Um, but Alex Hermosi says that he doesn't have friends and he doesn't have family. And that's what he did to get to where he's at. You don't have to be Alex Ramosi. Like I, I don't remember which one of you guys that it was that said that. Be yourself and decide what is important to you, and then design your life and design your business based off of that. Because you literally get to do whatever the fuck you want. One
1: hundred percent. So
5: good.
6: Yeah, so
1: good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm married too. I just, I'm like I, I feel that.
0: Um, question. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a few of you, but Tamash, I'll start with you. Um, when I say next level, I mean whether that's six, multi, seven, whatever income level you want to put in your head. What is the biggest mistake you see clients making pick one on their road to like that half million or seven figure year?
1: What's the biggest mistake I see them making?
0: Common, yeah. In your clients.
1: Hmm. You have to pick one. I know. You can that's pick hard. two if you'd like. Um <laughs> All I people. would say. Steve is like please. I, I, was, yeah, I, I, was I so would say, yeah, I definitely. Feel, I feel like the the worst thing I think I see them do is give relinquishing control in their business before they've actually gained control of the business. Yes. Yes. So I was trying to figure out what the best way to say that. And so like right now, there's just like so much rhetoric and and there's this huge wave and trend of like, higher, 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 higher and you haven't even gained control of the business yourself you don't even know what the hell is going on from day to day and you're going to hire somebody else and you don't even pay yourself you know what i mean so now the business business side sounds great but yeah no not talking to you business. Me. she was laughing at me oh my gosh yes but no. she was
6: over
1: there getting convicted a little bit like <laughs> you
6: didn't see it she was like
1: but all, all of us have done it you know what i mean all of us have been in that place but i think that um it's happening on a larger scale now And so you really have to ask yourself every day, am I actually in control of this business, right? Are you managing the business or is it managing you? Mm -hmm. That's what you have to ask yourself.
0: Well, and I think there's a lot of noise out there too. I mean, I've had other coaches as well, right? Where the first, you know, answer has always been outsource, hire. And it's like, well, I need to make some money. I'm not trying yeah. to, you know. And I remember my when I was making, you know, 20k months, I was investing literally half of that um, in a coach and team members. But that profit margin lasted for a while. I wasn't hiring sales members before I mastered sales. I wasn't hiring a VA before I at least could, you know, pay my clients, yeah. right? And so, um, yeah, I just
1: think that there's kind of this surge of. So I think I use two words, automate and delegate. You delegate to people, you automate the platforms. People and platforms are the most important things that you have, right? Most of you, if you have not made at least $100,000, you need to be automating. Skip the people, because people have variances that platforms don't. Platforms do what you tell them to do every day, 24 hours a day. People. It depends. Did your period on this week? Did your husband not touch you? Did your, did your girlfriend leave you? Are you hungry right now? Did you, were you not able to go to Starbucks when you wanted to go to Starbucks? Did someone break into your car? Did you not pay your mortgage? Did someone in your family die? This is real shit. So the way that I teach people to really hold on to themselves is like, if you haven't made six figures yet, and I would even dare to say sometimes close to 200. I went to 175K and didn't have a team member in sight. Nothing but platforms. And I was fine, happy. Really pay close attention to what it is that you actually need. I feel like mostly if you got a platform and a coach, baby, you can make millions. People add variances that some of you honestly aren't prepared for and you quite frankly don't even want to deal with them. I don't desire to deal with a bunch of people. You gotta ask yourself if you even desire to deal with people. Do you desire to manage and lead people? You know what I'm saying? That's one of the hardest parts about having a team is do you even want to deal with them? I got some clients who are like, listen, one or two people, that's it. So then we have to think about, okay, like you saying you want to make multiple millions, what's that going to look like? Is it possible? Sure. But you got to know that. She's not going to know that. None of us can tell you that we're experts at what we do,
4: but only you will know what your tolerance is. Mm
0: -hmm. Steve.
4: Oh yeah, it's not gonna make you happy. Like, so people will come up to me, they'll be like, it'll be like our quarterly planning, they'll be like, yeah, I really wanna do like 1.2 million a month. I'll be like, that's not gonna make you happy either, man. It's like, you're doing 750, you'll be okay either way. And so I think like a lot of people, they wrap up their goals to who like, the the ideal outcome that they think that they're gonna get when they get there. Has anybody like set a goal and hit a goal and then realized your life is exactly the same?
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah that
4: doesn't change. Yeah, yeah, like you just your goals just get bigger. Yeah. And so it's like yeah. if you set like this huge miraculous like five year goal and then you don't have like milestones and benchmarks and high-five yourself along the way, you're gonna be miserable. And so, I can't even remember what the question was, but like that, <laughs> that's like the main thing, is that like, yeah, the big, that it was the biggest mistake. So it's, thank you. So like the biggest mistake that I see is they, they write down this huge, big, hairy, audacious goal. And then they just like crush themselves with it because they've signed a contract with themselves that it's like, I'm not gonna be happy until I'm here.
5: <laughs>
4: and it's like, why? <laughs> like you're gonna be okay. So. That's the, that's the biggest mistake that I see when it's like, oh, they like big number and then like no, no check-ins, no good jobs, just like straight up stress about that number.
2: Yeah, I like more of the...
0: Bane of my existence.
2: <laughs> Continue. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I, you don't wanna just necessarily, it's, this is interesting, the, the dualism that exists, because on one hand, you don't just wanna set a goal that you know you can achieve, because then you don't know what's possible for you, right? It's like, mm. if I set a goal at 100 and I hit 100, okay, well, what could I have done, right? However, on mm. the other, so, so you want a stretch goal, right? So you want to you try to test your limits, but then you want to observe the fact that what you're doing is just trying to get the most out of yourself, mm. and you're not married to that number, right? And so, like, the number I gave you was absurd. I said 50 million, right? But with the number of teams that I have and what's going on, is it possible for my team? when we wanna change the world? Yeah, it's entirely possible. So I don't wanna limit for me what my, what's possible for my team just by setting a number that I think I can hit. At the same token, you know, sh- you know shoot for the moon, you'll be amongst the stars. I, I recognize that what I'm actually valuing is not the number that I'm trying to get to, it's the net impact that that value has. And I'm chasing more impact because I wanna imp- impact more people. So I fully recognize the probability but I'm still gonna set the mark and do the best that we can with what we have and I'm gonna be appreciative wherever we get.
0: Right? Yeah, I think the first time that we did that exercise, Will and I, everything I, I sent him, he was like, no bigger, no bigger, right. no bigger. and. But then we like did a lot of it, and I'm like, oh, that's
2: it. I'm telling you, OKRs, legitimately. Okay. You don't know, have you ever thought, ever heard of OKRs? Check them out. Don't yeah. want to sabotage this whole thing with it. But, <laughs> but there's, it's I hated it at first, hated it. That's that's
0: me right now.
2: I can't stand it. <laughs>
0: One day i not like it, maybe.
2: Uh, no. Things
1: just aren't looking good for you back there, Will. It's, it's over <laughs> <up here>. times. <Yeah, laughs> it's all right. But,
0: but yeah, I mean, truly, I've never, and I don't know, if you guys time in but I mean I've never set a goal so to speak that in my head I felt like that sounds doable like will it stretch me beyond but prior to that I would set a goal and think that kind of sounds like maybe I don't know maybe and then it just happens you know mm-hmm. if you're always chasing the impact like you said and not the income like things yeah. work out right yeah,
2: yeah you're, you're practicing dreaming and visualizing and right. a financial model Yep. right and, and how to put that there yeah I, I think I I agree, because I think I'm at that
1: place now. But I think depending on when I was in your seat, I didn't have the mental discipline to do that. Agreed.
5: So I think there's
1: also like a gap of, you do have to grow the mental discipline to set a stretch goal like that and not marry it. Agreed. So I am under the belief that where you are, you may have to undergo yourself. I call it undergoaling. You may have to undergo yourself to learn how to trust that you can hit goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The huge part about being able to hit a stretch goal is that you trust that you will do whatever it takes to not only get there, but serve when you get there and deliver. So I think it's like definitely, I don't know what you all agree, like there's a, a certain like mental discipline that you do have to grow a little along the way. And then then you're like, bam, like I, you got that,
2: okay. You know, that LKR now, right? Yeah, no, I think there's a life cycle again, right information for the right time. Yeah. Some of you might be at that point some of you probably aren't. And if, if you're newer, I absolutely, I would agree with her 100%. Yeah. I think you set a goal just to push yourself to, and when you start being able to do that, then you start wondering about limiting beliefs and how to expand that.
0: Yeah. Um, Sierra, I'd like to know, cause you know, a lot of these people are, uh, I'm gonna say a lot of them, but you know, building a business takes resiliency, grit, all of those things, right? How did you really develop that discipline in your business with so many other
6: things going on in your life? How did I develop what? Grit and resiliency. Grit and resilience, okay. Um, When I started my business, my business was birthed out of tragedy. Uh, My son, we'd just, All my kids were super healthy. I did everything right. I was into health and fitness for a long time. I studied nutrition for like 10 years. So like, I did everything right. And um, we still found out like one day my son was cooking in the kitchen. And um, I taught all my kids to do that from a young age. So he was only 11. And he picked up a hot pan with his bare hands Mm -hmm. and held onto it and got second and third degree burns on his bare hands, on his fingers and palms. And I was, I was, just taken back like this is like the worst thing that could happen because it's like you have things happen to you and it's not that big of a deal i'm strong i'm tough i can handle it like whatever but this is my kid and i literally couldn't make it better because i'm not an expert in burns and then we found out it was a brain tumor that was causing it i quit everything for like two months i was frg leader which is family readiness group in the military Um, i didn't want to be i just was and i was really freaking good at it um leading that community um I took a step back from that I quit I um I quit showing up for homeschooling stuff with my kids I like we quit everything and it was just like in and out of hospitals and I would literally just cry like every single day cry and it was so hard it was definitely like a rock bottom moment for me and at the time it's like our finances were good we lived in a nice house we owned our home you know we had all of these other great things my other kids were all perfectly healthy and then I had one kid and I just like, I couldn't, I couldn't even deal. And it was about two months into it, I would go into my closet and I would cry and then I'd come back out because my son got to the point, like he was on different medications to help control the seizures, They so didn't work. And, um, and he was so depressed that one time I walked into his room and he was literally trying to hang himself with his blanket and I'm sorry, it still hits me, okay. but, <laughs> I came out from my closet one day, and I was speaking motivationally to my kids, and I was like, I can't let my son die. I was like, I have to do something. And so um, I would come out, and I'd be like, man, we have to take pictures of you going through all of this. Like, we have to take pictures of you at the hospital, because someday you're going to be speaking on stages. And I, I literally didn't know if he was going to die or live at the time. And I was coming out, and I, there was this one day we were watching um, Save the Lapras. No, take the Last Dance with um, Save the Last Dance. No, no, is it Save the, Last Dance. the one with Michael Jordan? The Last Dance. It's um, oh yeah, yeah. So um, the the Last Dance with Michael Jordan. It's like a documentary about him. And I was watching that, and I realized I realized that like I was watching that with my kids, and they were super inspired by it. They liked it. We liked it. We all kind of watched it as a family. And I came out, and I realized that day because I was looking at my kids, and I was telling them like. You can do and be whatever you want in life as long as you pursue it with all of your might and just don't give up. Just keep pushing after it. And I realized, like, it hit me that I was telling them they could do that, but I literally wasn't. And I wasn't showing them firsthand. and they're watching Michael Jordan and they're seeing like Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, and they're watching like Mr. Beast and like all of these other people that are these big names, and they're seeing them accomplish these amazing feats and goals, but they're not seeing it firsthand. And it's like, how many of you know that you see somebody like thirdhand, like somebody that you don't know that you've never like you don't even know how close you are to these people? Like you think you're so far away from us, and like we don't even think that we've arrived yet. Like I I don't think any of us think that we've arrived. We don't even think we've arrived yet. We think we're still like, the more you learn, the more you realize like you're not that far. Like we're probably all a lot closer to Elon Musk than we really think. And it's like, my kids are sitting here watching all of these great people and they're not realizing it because they're not seeing it firsthand. And I was like, I have to do this. I have to step up, I have to pursue my dreams and everything that I wanted to do when I was a kid. I have to let this girl or boy or whatever, I'm not a boy. But it's like, I have to let this person pursue that and show them firsthand, and I just started I just started doing it. So I started my business two months after, well, I started my business, it was really bad in the beginning, but I just like kept pushing after it. I, I'd listened to a lot of people like Brian Tracy and Jim Rohn and Tony Robbins and right. like a lot of Bob Proctor. I'd listened to a lot of their stuff, and I just started, like Brian Tracy said, it only takes seven years to become an expert in anything. And I was like, well, then I will just become an expert in whatever I want, and I'll just pursue it. And then um, Dan Locke had said something about like, how you can leverage debt and use debt in a positive way. And I was like, yeah, Dave Ramsey, you're wrong. <laughs> Debt's good, and I'm gonna uh-huh. leverage this. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I ended up jumping into, and getting a mentor, and jumping into it, and it's just like, I started, I started my business um, two weeks after my son's brain surgery. And it's like, I don't remember, we're we're all awesome. Like I love the things that you're saying. And so I don't remember which one of you said it, but it's like, there's gonna be, there's gonna be rainy days that happen. There's gonna be shit that hits the fan. And it's like, you just have to get up and do it anyway. Like I was literally on a call one day, I had back to back calls with my clients and there were like five clients, and it would be like, happy client, everything's going great, I'm making lots of money. I'm like, yes. And then the next person's like, the world is ending, I've made no money, I'm not sure if I should even do my business. And I'm like, fuck. And then I get to the next one and they're happy again. It's like this roller coaster of emotions, and I'm an empath, so I'm feeling all of it. And then I get to this one client in the middle of all of it, and she's like, I have a tumor and it grew and I think I'm gonna die. And I'm like, I just wanna cry and I only have 15 minutes with her and then I have to do three more calls afterwards and I can't cry. And it's like you're gonna have hard shit that happens every single day. Something's gonna happen that could stop you. And this is where we were talking about earlier about thinking, it's like you're in your head alone all the time, you have to decide. You have all those moments that you have to decide. I really love this one thing that Mel Robbins just talked about recently Manifestation is not envisioning this big, beautiful thing that you'll eventually have. It's imagining in the morning when you feel like shit. You guys all know this, so you can do this with your clients. When you feel like shit, you're tired, you only got four hours of sleep, you don't want to wake up and come in looking all deep, dark, and sultry, and looking calm. You don't want to do that. And you literally slide your ass out of bed, put on your shoes, you go outside, you run around, you okay, do the jogging so that you have to do to either yes, hit your fitness goal or run that marathon or do whatever. It's like you just imagine yourself doing that. Imagine yourself going through the obstacles. What is the worst possible thing that could happen? See yourself walking through that. Mm-hmm. See yourself waking up on those hard days and still getting the shit done. Yes. Because that's who you are that's who you were born to be you're supposed to be in this room right now otherwise you wouldn't be here i believe it good. Thank you. Thank you. So good.
0: question for you tamasha um you talk I've, I've heard you in so many lives right talking about when you are stuck in your business trying to get unstuck isn't just about doing more it's about being better and doing better can mm-hmm. you explain that
1: Yes, yeah, so I think that we all love to go to the more because the more looks good to other people, right? Because we want people to think a certain way of us. Mm-hmm. We want people to think higher of us, right? When in reality, you have to think higher of yourself. Like, the results that you want and the money that you desire to make and the, in, and the lives that you desire to impact doesn't happen through the things. It happens through your thoughts. So I am under the belief that Every single day, it's not that we're trying to do more in the business, and I'm not necessarily even trying to do more revenue. I don't even think that way on a regular basis. I think how can we do better with this revenue, and normally that turns into making more of it, Mm -hmm. right? How do we do better with what we currently have? If you're always chasing more, you'll never master the current, right? You wanna be a master of something. You wanna know for a fact that like whatever's sitting in front of you and what you're in, like you're literally the queen and king of that thing. And so don't always find yourself trying to add on more stuff. I need more certifications to impact people. I need to take another course, like to to learn this thing, specialty thing. Like he was saying, he can literally teach you how to deal with so many, like 88% of the things you said or whatever. Almost 100% of things. He can almost teach you how to deal with, right? And you don't even have to have a certification. He can just teach you. But no labs. But you're sitting there thinking in your brain, apply that to the rest of your business. You're thinking that you got to go and get more. You need more time. I need more clients. No, do good with the ones you have. Too many of you left last month, and you came into this month, and I want to sign more clients and you did not do right by the ones you had last month. You didn't check in on them on time last month. You showed up to your calls five minutes late. You didn't send them their reviews after the session until two or three days later past what you said you were gonna do. You didn't send your invoices on time. You didn't show up on time for yourself. You didn't post the way that you said to yourself you were gonna post, right? So it's about being better to you before you try to do more for others. That's what I mean by that. No, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Can we do that?
0: Yeah. This
5: is good. This is a vibe. We're
1: officially turning this into a vibe area. Now, you can tell them to do whatever you want, because I like when you tell them to do something.
0: I want to steer the conversation into toxic relationships, whether that is friendships, partners, whatever. Ooh,
1: how long is this gonna be? <laughs>
0: uh-huh, I don't know. Um, because I, I've openly shared with my clients on several occasions that you know starting my business required uh, a lot of my friends are not around anymore. It was just, you know I needed to kind of leave them behind. Um, and I would love to hear from you first, Vince, on just navigating uh, those conversations, right? Like how to have those breakups with people that might be holding you back or getting yourself into a mental space that is strong enough to say, you know what? I, my mission is bigger than this history of a friendship.
2: That's why I, I built this into the presentation because it would seem self-evident when we talk about all these big picture But I'm telling you right now, if you take a look, if you're just getting started or whatever, if you take a look at your top five that are around you, those are the people that are gonna hold you back. And it's super uncomfortable. Now, it doesn't mean all of them. I'm saying you take a look at your top five, right? And you have to ask yourself, when you bring them a new idea, do they say, ooh, you know, do they give you other counter ideas or do they say, I know you can do this, right? Or are they the type of individual that says, I don't know if that's a good idea, or, are they, or what's their productivity like, right? I mean, we've all heard all the sayings that you have your your um, income is the average of the five people you spend the most time with and like all these different things. But really at the end of the day, it's more of an energy thing. Like are they pouring energy back into you or are you still being in these codependent energy draining relationships where, where you feel guilty and you feel like you're the one pulling them along in life? Or they're always trying to push you down. That idea won't work or whatever. And it could be more subtle than that oftentimes it usually is more subtle than that, right? And again, I want to come back to this. We don't even have to be mad at these people. So what was really big for me at first is I I really wanted to tell a lot of people in my life, you know what, F you, man, right? Like like I wanted to be mad. And then when I realized what it is they were actually saying aside from the words, it had nothing to do with that because most people are so self-involved, they're not even really thinking about you right mm-hmm. and, and and so what ends up happening is the, the actual translation to that conversation is like don't leave me i told you this yesterday right don't leave me or take me with you and when you recognize that that's what they're doing you can empathize with that emotion right and i try to be empathetic for that so i don't carry resentment in my heart because it's poisonous and uh and 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 then what i realize is that i have to just start putting some more distance and putting myself I can love people from a distance and be okay with that. And I still send the cards and I still check in and say hi on Facebook, but they just can't be in my immediate energy, yeah. right? And that's hard. And Not only this, if you really plan on getting to a, a much higher place, get prepared to do this multiple times. Whew. Not just one calling. So when I used to work, I, I used to work at a place called Menards, a um, yes. Home Depot, it's like a Home Depot and I was in the lumber department. <laughs> And uh, uh, you might, you, know, you seem like you might work with lumber. Is that wrong? Is that, is that, is that have you, like, have you built stuff before? Oh my God, no, you no, no. Okay. It's just a mess. <laughs> and so they call it, they call it culling. And so what you've got to do is, after, if there's so many sails, you have to go back into the wood and flip them over. And the ones that don't stay flat, you got to take them out, right? And I really, I'm gonna tell you this is the, this is one of the things I talk about in kind of like my apprentice mentorship for functional issues, is that every, probably every year to two years, or whenever you grow 20%, you need to do a client calling.
5: Mm. Because
2: that person that you have, and now you're 20% bigger, Mm -hmm. that person that you were with is not the person where you're heading, and, and 20% of your clients will take up 80% of your time, and they do not serve you in the way that you would you, and breathe back into you a little bit, and your clients should breathe back into you. When you first start, you get the worst clients ever. They don't want to do nothing, all right? They, they don't get the really good results. It's like pulling teeth, it's like why do other People get these clients and they do all these things and it's like you look on my page and like how, are all these people getting these crazy results and like I'm getting my client to maybe lose a pound in three weeks or four weeks or whatever. <laughs> and that's because that's the road. That's not a you issue. Mm-hmm. That's how you get into any industry. Weight loss, I don't care, educate, I don't know what it is you do. Yes. That's how it works. So here's the problem. When I talked about the expectation aspect is that as you improve and grow, what did I just say about the take me with you? They will hang on to you. Right? I'm, right, they will hang on to you for dear life. And the problem is that they're not prepared to grow with you, right? They're not prepared to grow with you. And so there have been many times, that's why I ended up having to build such a large organization, because I didn't want to have to, I wanted the, a place where you could still be, yep. but I gotta keep going. Yep. And you can yep. work with my other coaches, but I, I've gotta go this way. Yep. So the same with my family, as with my clients, and it doesn't just happen once. It's a constant process of, of like growing
0: Ooh. that happens. Did you want to add to that?
1: Oh, I, I, I mean, it's, I, so I just finished doing it. You yeah. know, essentially, I'm kind of in the process of doing it. You know what I mean? And this is my third time when I yeah. feel like I'm having like a, a pretty thick, bigger culling. And like, so I, just, I do a lot of one-to-one consulting, not super heavy on group. Um, and it's just because it's a personal preference, I've helped people yeah. to create seven figure groups, right? No, no harm, no foul. Um, but now I'm putting a lot of like, emphasis on they have to go into this mastermind. But some of them I didn't invite mm-hmm. on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I had to have that conversation with them, right? It's like, do they qualify to be insured? Do I want right. them in there? No, because they're not ready to do what it is I'm gonna ask of them. And sometimes we'll want to hold on to clients because we see, right, potential in them. But understand that that is your gift, not your responsibility. Your gift is to see the potential in people. That's why we make money. We see what you're capable of. But it's not my responsibility to make that capability a reality. And so you got to let people go. You have to. And oftentimes, what I've realized is that I see me like that color you call it? I see it as like me pruning a garden. Yes. Sometimes that plant needs to be pruned in order for it to mature. Yeah. So they may need to be cut from you right. to go That's to it. another coach so that they can actually get to that next step because they're too comfortable with you. You know that you've let them slide a little bit over time. You know what I mean? They don't. Maybe they're not respecting you. Right. They're not showing up for the investment the way yeah. they would from someone else that I think is super key, and it's, and it's extremely hard. It's difficult. I just had one client, I don't really even cry like that. I get kind of confused when people cry around me, honestly. You're welcome. And It's okay, I think it's like the Virgo thing in me, I don't know. Because I don't know what, I don't know what to do with the tears, to be honest with you, someone can help me with that. And so,
5: I don't know what to do with them.
1: You know what I mean? You have, you have someone crying in your face and nothing's happening for you? Everything's happening for them? Yeah. So I, so, I mean, I'm sitting there on the Zoom, and it was such a rare moment because something happened. Something happened. It didn't happen for real this time, but something actually happened. And I felt the tears, it didn't drop, but I felt them coming. didn't drop, And you know, it was a hard one. I've never actually felt like I, I would cry when you're like letting people go. But you know what the craziest thing is? It's when I, when I got off that Zoom, I literally felt light as a fan. That's right. Relief. And you wouldn't even know Key word, how relieved you will feel when you let them go. And I'm sure in this moment, you're thinking of two to three clients. Oh. Where you would feel relief. It's almost like going to the bathroom after a long drive and you
2: get stuck in traffic. So I was trying to figure out a method. This is so crazy you're talking about this. I was trying to figure out a method, because you can, there are certain people that give you an energy that you're like, we're not right but you're just saying the word energy because you don't really know what else to say input. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at like, and I wanted to have a better measure, especially for me and the limited amount of clients that I take and what I'm doing. And then, but I got to teach my coaches because they're all burning out. Mm -hmm. All my coaches are burning out. And we're we're, we're dealing with this issue right now Mm -hmm. where it's like they can only get to 35 clients when you're adding all these different tools. Mm -hmm. And now we figured it out that you, you have to apply almost a client core. Does, does this client represent my core values for my business?
1: No, yeah. oh, 100%.
2: Because if they don't, now you're out of alignment and you're in a lot of relationships that are unaligned. Okay? And so, I'm not saying at first. Listen, at first, take every damn client you can get because you need to get those reps in. My experience is that number of just the reps before you're like really good at what you do, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest with you, is anywhere between 500 and 1,000, yeah. depending on what it is. You better you get 1,000 reps, and that's why I tell a lot of my coaches in functional, that say that, there's a lot of people that say they do functional, and that's great, but, but that's why it's like a year, uh, it's usually up to two to three years before you're any really, really good at it, right, really good at it because that's what's about get you to about that 500 to 1,000 based on how many clients you take a year or whatever. Mm. It gets you to that number and it's held true. So whatever you gotta do, grind, hustle, to get to that number, I'm not saying change anything. Coming back to what she was saying about different information at different times. Remember we said that, more information <laughs> isn't better. So wherever you're at, get your clients, boo-boo. But then after that, after that, you gotta now do a core values assessment. Yeah. And then you're gonna figure out why your energy's wrong. You're gonna be like, I don't know why, There's something about you I don't. And then when you really break it down, you'll be able to go, okay, I don't want clients like this. And then you're gonna find that your clients are gonna start pulling back into you. My 50 clients, they know when they sign up with me, if you get access to me, you're out there promoting the message. We're in this together, okay? Because it ain't just about you. You're gonna come in here, I'm gonna transform your life, and then you're gonna tell others. And if you're not down for that, I'm not even coming, we're not even on this train. That's right. All right, okay? This is what we do here. And they're out there promoting, they're working for the message, for the cause, and for us, right? And I've gotten myself to that place. Now I don't expect that with all my other coaches, but if you're gonna come up here, this is what I'm about, you're gonna get on this train. Love
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, Can I ask a Yeah, good. ahead. Um,
3: to take this question back to like the very beginning where you were talking about the people that are around you, we kind of talked about the calling and like having the people that support you. And I find that actually I actually have like the reverse struggle. So my question is. Um like where I am locally, like
2: I try to So you want people. more people that don't value your energy no, 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 and they are no, pulling sorry. you down? <laughs> <laughs> I need more I need more people to pull me I down. <laughs> <laughs> like reverse struggle work, people who know me,
3: they're like, oh, if anybody's gonna start a business, it's gonna be Kayla. She's okay. gonna do it. But I don't have anybody around me who's also trying to do anything awesome. Oh everybody's right. so chill. And so like I have this group, but I'm a very in-person person. I love having our Slack you know? channel, but How did you curate like being the like the dumbest person in the room, right? Like you don't want to be the smartest person in your room, move to the room,
2: grow things like that, right? Like how did you curate that for yourselves? Okay, so I mean we all can go, but the first thing is networking. Mm -hmm. Networking. Go out. Stop staying in your house all day, right? I'm not saying you want to let anybody else, right? Like in you know we're on all of our stuff and it's like we're right here. You know, and, um, and I went to events like this, and then I got myself around other people. I mean, this wasn't the kind of events that we had when I first started, but where I was locally, I started meeting people that were clearly doing things in energy, and I had to be humble enough to go do what they were doing for a second to like figure it out. Like, you gotta go include yourself in things, right? Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's, that was for me, and that's like the simplest way to answer it at first, you find someone with the right energy, clearly this person's going somewhere right I need that energy in my life and that's how honestly the number one way I've gotten where I've got is I'll meet someone they come in my atmosphere their energy is like I know that's it I'm like I grab I'm like we're going together and I just started collaborating partnerships and that's how I did it because I'm like I know that you know I need that energy in my life and that's how I then I grab people because I'm a people investor uh, now I've, that's why I've assumed, accumulated such okay. a network of people right because of that
1: so I also would say too that you also have to get really good at saying no. Right? So like I do believe that the revenue is in the relationships, right? And so but I also believe that brokenness is in relationships. Mm-hmm. So I'm really good at saying no to people that do not align with what it is that I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Right? So like there's certain coffee chats that just aren't happening. Oh no. There's certain terms. Like even if someone yeah. says to me they want to have a coffee chat, I'm immediately disinterested. Oh, mm-hmm. Because I think Right? Number one, you probably haven't taken the time to really get to know me because I don't drink coffee. But number two, right, but number two, it's just like, can you be more clear about what your intentions are? Right, because my intentions are obviously to get to know you, but like, what is the benefit of us having this meeting, right? 30 minutes to you, it just seems like us chatting. Whereas like when I start equating how much money that could be for me, that's a lot of money, right? And so we tend to do is we hold our clients to a higher caliber than we do strangers. So we won't let our clients waste our time, but we'll let strangers waste our time. Right? You get off the call on time with your client. You bullshit around with strangers who mean you no good. You get nothing from the conversation. So it's like, I think having that balance of, I want to go out and network, I want to meet people. But like there are some people that you know that are clearly just time wasters, you know what I mean? And you keep getting on the phone with them, having weekly Zooms, we are gonna hold each other accountable. They still haven't done anything. Meanwhile, you planned out your entire month of content and they're just sitting there talking to you on the coworking call. This stuff happens all the time. So that's one piece of it. But then back to what we were talking about earlier, I think you also have to realize too in your business when it comes to like with the clients and also people, in terms of sales, stop thinking just merely about the fact that like you want clients to work with you because they trust you. You also have to start making sure that you trust the client. At some point, that client also needs to qualify to work with you outside of how much money they make or how much they're willing to pay. Right, so like when I talk on my social media platforms or if someone watches me on live, Taylor's been on there, I'm ext- I, like, I say things that most people probably wouldn't say. Yeah. So I tell people, and most people in our industry, they like to sell like, oh, you're going to be work for two hours a week. Listen, if you want to come to me and learn how to aesthetically market, not your coach. If you want to come to me and you only want to work two hours a week and you're barely making your ends meet, not your coach. If you don't want to come over here and work and actually go out and get clients, not your coach. If You don't want to be financially responsible and figure out how to pay yourself on a regular basis, not your coach. I am not the coach to mess with if you don't want to run a real business. Yep. I say stuff like this on live all the time and it blows people's minds. <laughs> However, I'm a blast from the past, right? And we'll have a good time and I will coach you under this building. And you will get results, but I'm not here to be played with, right? I don't, I don't even talk to people in my DM. Go to the link. I say things like that. <laughs> That's just my personal preference though. You know what happens? I get their asses to the link we might get on the call, we might not. Mm-hmm. They pay whatever is there, I, don't, I negotiate certain things. But it comes from me being okay with saying exactly what it is that I also need back. Yeah. At some point, the door needs to swing both ways. Mm-hmm. And you gotta figure out how to get that bad boy to swing.
0: Cool. I'm gonna have Steve wrap us up. Give us some wisdom.
1: Oh, this is good.
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> shit. You gotta hit it, Steve. I have very hit high it, expectations. Steve. <laughs> All right. Sorry, what was your name? Yellow sport. Oh, Kayla. Kayla. Can I ask you, why do you think that you value like in-person relationships? <laughs>
3: I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. I know that I'm a very also like touch person and I mm-hmm. feel like that creates bond, but I also yeah. um I love discussion and I feel like that like mm. body language is part of discussion almost and like reading that and knowing how people are to, I don't know, it just feels very different mm-hmm. to me internally, like be able to have a conversation and see somebody in person and like help them
4: guy and then walk away, I don't know. Okay, got it. Because one thing that really helped me was that like mm-hmm. the five people that I like listen to and I'm around, I don't, they don't have to know me. And so it was mm-hmm. like, I listen to like podcasts and like, mm-hmm. you know, different books and speakers and things like that and it's like, through that I can kind of get exposed to what they've applied and witnessed and so it's like so there's kind of like three evolutions to people who can influence you it's like people who know the theory people who have witnessed it or people who have applied it and so the people who generally like generally a discussion with another person who's at the same level like a friend or like dating for example is generally a discussion and it's usually two monologues happening at the same time And I don't get a ton of value at that. Like, I'll talk and then they'll talk. And it's like, and it's not really this, right? And so it's like, I just found like a lot of, like, if you ever just watch somebody have a conversation, it's usually just two people talking at each other. And so it's like the actual concept of a discussion I find super valuable as well. But it's like, I prefer to have somebody who's a coach that I can bounce ideas off of. And then all of my inputs come from people who have actually applied the thing that I'm looking to apply. So rather than consuming theory, of, you know, like, books and, like, from professors or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want to actually learn from people who have done the thing, applied it, and then can now, like, Mm. tell me what they did to get there rather than me trying to figure it out on my own. And so just, like, the... um, because I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I love a good, I love a good, like, pat on the back And so it's like, especially if I'm, like, having a conversation with somebody. That's a very soft shirt, by the way. Thank like, you. And, uh, like, if I'm having a conversation with somebody, like, I very much value physical contact. Like, by the end of this, I'll probably hug everybody in this room. And, like, I, I think it's very meaningful. However, I also think that I can extrapolate a ton of value from, like, consuming the play-by-play and the step-by-step that other people have done on the same path that I'm about to walk. I anyway, hope that was very good.
0: Thank you right. right. so much. All right. We are going to wrap this up and then Vince is going to hop on stage. I want to give you a virtual high five for finishing another episode of the Taylor DeHaze podcast. Love the episode? Share it and tag me on Instagram. Have a question? My DMs are always open. Until next time. Bye, y'all.